genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, a once-weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about last week's comics. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I am here, as always, with Sean Petit. What's up? Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Light. hey Just as a courtesy, I want to remind all y'all that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read last week's books, we might ruin them for you, so I'm going to give you some timestamps in the episode description uh, so you can skip anything that you might need to skip. Our top story this week like every week is 10 of swords sure is <laughs> in its entirety there's three issues worth so uh we'll we'll get through it the best we can um you say every week but it's only lasting for one more week oh no yeah. it's just <laughs> it's just been all over this you're show gonna be sad week. when you miss when it's gone you're gonna miss it when it's gone yeah but when it's gone there'll be some other awesome x-men thing happening it's just you know that is true they're going back to the vault we don't have, this is all over we don't oh, have rules nice. we have consistency <laughs> yeah. Yes. At least we're an X Men podcast. Wow. You're not an X Men podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. So y'all, y'all ever have a week where comics are just the fucking best? Yes. This was one of those. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I've, I've had one of those. Yes. I take everything back from what I said last week about fuck <laughs> comics. Wow. Well, yeah. Like every time there's a week, like last week, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh man, next week's gonna be. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> they like doubled down. It's like, yeah, we're not. It's not gonna happen again. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, here's every comic you like. Here's yeah. It. So we're back to our two hour plus format. Everybody. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should probably just like jump right into it. We probably should. No one cares what our week was like. <laughs> I, I don't even care. Like. We all we all exist in Groundhog Day. Our week was exactly the same as it was the week before. We're fine. It's fine. Yeah, Com- Biden won Georgia six more times. <laughs> <laughs> Comics hey, are I the got- only way I can tell time. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday is like a, a pivotal point in my week the, that makes the, sure everything is still happening. <laughs> like the world is still turning. As long as the numbers keep going incrementally up, I know I'm not going insane. <laughs> but what happens when they reboot back to number one? No, what are you going to do? His I don't brain know. will explode. <laughs> that happens all the time, RJ. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> I got to live an actual sitcom scenario like an hour ago. So that oh, broke, yeah, you that did have a different week. week. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us post- about your sitcom scenario. Oh, my God. I could throw it, but uh, I have a keg in my basement. I went to go get some beer because we are going to have this lovely show. And everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. <laughs> it got stuck opening. Uh, so I pushed, pulled it real hard. The handle broke. And then it stayed open. It's like the reboot of I Love Lucy. As I, yeah, just yeah. the handle yeah. breaking off is such such a cartoon oh, moment. Yeah. So it just snapped off and there's beer pouring out of my K in full speed. Uh, I'm grabbing every glass pitcher bucket that i can find yelling for help <laughs> trying to find something anything i can to close this freaking tap so i can stop having beer just pour all over my carpet that's <laughs> such like a perfect strangers moment that's oh like my god I can't now, here's it. here's the real question does your dog ripley like beer um she avoided it but maybe <laughs> she does now well yeah. that's so so my my dog uh henry r.i.p uh, loved beer more than anything in the world because I had a sloppy ex-boyfriend who would just mm. spill beer all over the house and he was like 
he would be in fucking heaven and also yeah. hammered if he was at your house right now. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> she's got a taste for it. We kind of kept her off to the side, thankfully. But yeah, man, there's plenty I, I, of it. I'd pour one out for your keg, but I already did that. So. Dude, it did. <laughs> it doesn't That's what, it. Poured one out for all of us. <laughs> this house has two events. The one, when I first got it, I tapped a keg without putting the top on, and it shot straight up <laughs> into the ceiling. The beer, just like a fucking fat, like a fire hose. It's because we had all been... We'd all been drinking, and we thought we could tell. Oh, shocker. We know, we know what the fuck we're doing. We had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> How are you already drinking before you tapped it? Oh, we went out and got another one. <laughs> 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 yeah. So we, we returned the empty and came back That's with a full one. That's I, how you know you shouldn't get a second keg. I didn't drive. <laughs> Someone else did. I just carried it. <laughs> anyway, that was my week up until, you know, it was a normal week up until that. Then we got to talk about comics. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, eventful I, I didn't really fun. have a week. I feel, like, I feel like yesterday we did this. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, it keeps happening. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like doing this? No, time keeps happening. Yeah, time oh. just keeps on slipping away from me, you know? <laughs> time keeps on slipping, slipping? Yeah, exactly. Slippy, the toad. What? I don't get that reference. Oh. F- Star, yeah. Star Fox? Oh, oh, fuck Slippy. Slippy was so annoying. <laughs> there we go. Oh, well, God. I don't have a segue for that, but... Um, comics. Yay, comics. <laughs> Comic books. Comic books. Comics we got this books. week. We got. Uh, let's start things out on a high note with Ice Cream Man number twenty-one. <laughs> a weird note. <laughs> Jesus. By uh, W. Maxwell Prince, Martin Morazzo, and Chris O'Halloran. Yeah, this was not what I was expecting at all, and I don't know what I was expecting. This but is it one of the either. happier ones uh, that I've read. <laughs> yeah, no, it actually it has an happy ending. That's nice. Yeah, right. I mean, it's sort of. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm not sure. Honestly, well, you know, no happier than most. I mean, it was happy for our main protagonist, but not like anyone else. Which is a vast improvement over every other. Yeah, issue. at least one person is happy in an ice cream man comic. That is a <laughs> it's a hundred percent improvement in happiness. This felt like an issue one of another book. Yeah, yeah, Do you it mean did. Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it it's it's very you can very easily tell that this was. Watchmen inspired. It has that mm-hmm. panel layout. Yeah, it's got Watchmen. the nine panel thing, and it's got mm-hmm. the there's a very Dave Gibbons color scheme going on. A lot mm-hmm. of like the uh, visual motifs with like the frowny face and the spiders and yeah. the um, yeah, it's very much a Watchmen parody because it's not it's not a like it's an homage. It's more of an homage, yeah. yeah. And and I've done an homage to that Dave Gibbons coloring. It looks like it's simple coloring, but it is so much No, it not. is very much not. Yeah. I remember it, I, I did it for a cover of something one time and that Photoshop file ended up being like 90 layers. Oh, good it was stupid and ridiculous. Yeah, there's so much confusing color theory in that that like, yeah, no, that's that's too much. Um Yeah, no. I, just, <laughs> I don't even I don't even have anything. You go. Well, uh, so we get we get this like noir story with this private detective who some lady hires him to track down her missing husband who's an ice cream man. Yep. And he finds out through his investigation that there is some sort of cult that is sacrificing ice cream men to some sort of spider god. As you do. <laughs> yep. That's yep. exactly it. Yep. 
Jail the old pulps. <laughs> classic, classic yeah, story. Yeah, it's like... It, but it's got that kind of Bukowski's pulp kind of element to it where like the the there's like this kind of skeeziness to it. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of full frontal male nudity in this, which sure. is like kind a of part. Not aggressive. Well, I mean, Casey's again, like, it's a enough. Watchmen parody, so you got to have some dicks in it. Yeah, it's it also Ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man loves throwing like just not even fun to look at dicks into books. Like, <laughs> not even yeah. fun. To like, look there's at. that guy's dick, and I think every everyone reading it has just had a crime committed on them. Yeah, it's just, like, like a cool just like situation. Odd medical audit, like medical oddity dicks. You know? <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. just clinical dick. Yeah, like just. <laughs> Like funhouse. It's the before day. before a drug on a drug commercial for your dick. It's the before picture. <laughs> it's like you walked in a funhouse mirror hall. Yeah, of dicks. But of dicks. It's 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 dicks in a situation where it's not it's neither attractive nor funny. It's just like that's it's the just, guy's dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. I actually do know exactly yeah. what you mean. No one wants it. Like yeah, no one wants like, it. It's like, it's oh just, god, why is there a dick in this? Yeah, <laughs> I know from personal experience, and yes, why no one wants it. <laughs> We're, someone's gonna oh, get offended. God. We're <laughs> really getting hung up on the wrong details here. Yeah, uh, sorry. Hung up on something. Yeah, wait, you would think there's a lot. Of, it's very minimal, all things considered. No, it is. It's, it's only it's only like a page. Maybe it comes up a, a couple of times, I guess. But it's still jarring. You're like, oh, oh I thought god, half this was book that was necessary. <laughs> anyway so uh like the b plot of this is um this investigator and his wife just like their marriage is disintegrating yeah they've grown apart over the years and um it's one of those things where like they both get really deep into their work and when one of them is like finished something and is like all right well let's uh let's fuck the other one's like nah i really gotta fucking focus on this and that just keeps kind of overlapping and the ending of this kind of, I didn't understand it at all. Well, okay, <laughs> so, I can I can fill well, in here. Ultimately, so, what we find out is the guy, the woman. Well, yeah, if you want to try to fill this in, Casey, okay. go ahead. So basically, he puts it together. He puts it together his crazy board of the cult. <laughs> yep. Figures out all the pieces are connected. The woman that hired him is yeah. part of the cult, um, and he winds up getting to the house like right as they're about to do another sacrifice. It's like her and her dad, right? Is that her dad? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cause like the, the dad is like the white character who like has a yeah. corporation that's trying to get rid of ice cream man because it's like conflicting with his business. Um, yeah. He calls them soft serve peddlers. Yeah. yeah. He's like, um, he's like, why would I give a shit about a bunch of missing soft serve assholes? Cause he's opening creamery 21, which I thought was pretty funny. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you, you find out that they're all, a, you know, a part of that. And then he thinks he's going to crack the case and he walks into this room where he thinks the, the, the ritual sacrifice is going to happen. And it's, it's an empty warehouse. And he's like, shit. So like the sacrifice is happening. We see the other panels where it is like going down. He just had the wrong location. So he just fucking wipes his hands of it and says, fuck it. I'm going to go home and fuck my wife. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I should. Yeah, instead of doing this, I'm just gonna go save my marriage. Yeah, and that's that's our happy ending. Is that that's, he's you know putting yeah. his marriage back together, getting getting his boink on. But meanwhile, like every fucking ice cream man ice cream man in the city is still getting crucified <laughs> by this this maniac cult. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so, yeah, cult not thwarted, but, you know, all things considered, there's been worse endings. Yeah, this, I didn't feel empty inside after this one, so it's definitely one of the And there's, like, a lot issues. of really good comedic moments. Like, there's the hobo on the side of the street that has the end is nigh sign, and yeah. he's like, what does that mean, nigh? And he's like, it means near. And he's like, why don't you just say that? That's clearer. And then at the end of the issue, he has a sign where it's, like, scratched out, nigh, and he wrote near yeah. over yeah. it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, like I liked it. Obviously, this is a great series, but yeah, it yeah. was a definitely a um a very different vibe than what we're used to, which I I'm 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 okay with. Yeah, it was a departure for sure, because like yeah. like I said, each each one of these books is like a a very clear um vignette, and it's usually introduced by the ice cream man and has mm-hmm. like the ice cream man throughout it, but this just felt like an issue one of something larger. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he might have been toying with this story mess. and just kind of decided to throw it in here as like a single here, let's take a look at this dude's life and we can kind of wrap it in this anthology. Like this this it felt like a story he'd been working on and just yeah. ha- worked ice cream men into it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I liked it a lot. I, yeah. I always I I've I've been digging this book for a while. It's it's, it's great. a great series. So good. Hard to read and trade, um, but it's worth reading and trade. Uh, yeah. No, I would say it's hard. No, hard as in mentally, not like actually <laughs> difficult to read. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, read a single yeah. issue, put it down. Read a single issue, yeah, put that's it down. What, yeah, that's what I meant. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you take your time. Re- it's a coffee table book. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of reading trades, I, f- I finally got the whole trade of Jimmy Olsen. I'm probably going to blow through <gasps> oh, that this weekend. Nice. Talk about a mind fuck. Man, re- <laughs> I cannot wait to read that all the way through. Just. <laughs> I'm tearing through your Mad Men, so I'm on. I'm on I'm almost done the second trade. Nice. It's good, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, uh, he bounces from really funny to just existential dread very quickly. <laughs> yeah, he's got... Um, he's a troubled man. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, speaking of troubled, uh, We Oof. Live, number two, Oof. by Inaki and Roy Miranda speaking and uh, Eva De La Cruz. Um. Holy crap, this book. Uh, so we talked about the first issue. Very brief premise. The kids of... Uh, so planet Earth has had gone through like multiple wars and like extinction events. And there's like very few humans left. And aliens say, hey, we're going to save you. But only 5,000 of your children. And everyone else is fucked. Um, so this, is, this book takes place with the like pilgrimage to get to the extraction point in time to be saved by the aliens. Yes. Um, which I'm starting to think like might not actually be saviors. I feel like it's a sacrifice or something. Like I might, feel like yeah. there's something fucky there. <laughs> They're gonna eat him. Yeah, there's a lot of like <laughs> blind faith, but I guess you know you have to because you don't have much choice. You don't have much choice. Yeah, yeah. it's either die or die. So we'll yeah, take the chance right. on the second you right. know, option. Um, but this one's really cool because we left off the last issue with this like crazy. I think they called him a ripper. This is like the the a like Bengal ripper. Yeah, a uh, neon uh, LSD nightmare lion. And <laughs> that's, uh, that's a band. great way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, you know, right as like the the main guy, he's like this old guy that's like leading the journey and like who was driving the kids until the bus broke down. He's like distracting him and getting him to run away. Somebody else just comes up and shoots the lion in the face. And he's like, oh, cool, we're all dead. Cool, great. Um, cause hey, they you can dumb smell, son of a bitch. Yeah, they can smell the pheromones of the blood from 30 miles away, and they're all going to kill us. 100 miles away. Uh, oh, 100 uh, miles. Great. Cool. 
Yeah, and like anyone who has their blood on them, they're, they want to eat them now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so- he's like, you just aerosolized all the blood in this thing's body. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we are literally covered like in land it. sharks. <laughs> <laughs> but not Jeff. <laughs> not Jeff. Yeah, not no. Jeff. Um, but yeah, so they they continue on their pilgrimage, uh, hoping to survive. And Oof. they get, yeah, they get to a river and they're like, okay, we'll walk through the river. Maybe that'll help cover the scent. And they find this uh, this uh, stuff called like some Jade type algae. of algae, Jade, Jade. algae. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, oh, this is great. It'll it like cleans you off. It like wants to eat all the like dead cells. So it like it'll it'll yeah, get all of the. Massage. Yeah, exactly. Um, and right as he's like, we're saved, his head gets just chewed off by one of the lions. Yeah, yeah and then no they get surrounded by them. Hate yeah. when that happens. Yeah. No more Master Roshi. Oh yeah, my God. Master Roshi got straight Yikes. head. He got yeeted. Off. At least his last thought was, hey, we're all saved. <laughs> At least That's he true. died optimistic. <laughs> yeah, it's these... everyone else that watched the bloodbath that <laughs> yeah, is not these as optimistic. Rippers fuck some people. Uh, yeah. yeah. So then she we got real violent, real fast. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, every yeah. single character in this book is dead, except for the three main kids and like the 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 one kid's um, guardian, who we find out is a gorilla, who's an LSD nightmare gorilla. Correct. Exactly. LSD yes. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare gorilla. What zoo did they uh, go named to? Named Alice. Yeah, she's named super Alice, cute though. She's great. got fairy wings. She's adorable. I love oh, her. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, so basically uh, Alice keeps the rescues the kids and gets them the fuck out of there. And they are trying to survive and trying to get to the thing. And they... one of them finds a Gurren Lagann mech. Yep, one of them <laughs> finds a Gurren Lagann mech and then like shoots off into the atmosphere. And while they're doing that, they all get separated. Uh, of, yeah, because of course. You because of course they kid. do. Yeah. So um, we get a little bit of backstory on Alice, the the nightmare gorilla, and like the friendship with the kid. So that was intense. Um, yeah, the one kid who had his arm just ripped off by a, what I could assume is the nightmare gorilla's parent. Yep. Before mm-hmm. it got shot in the face. Nightmare yep. And then they bonded and actually became friends through the whole thing. Dude, this thing's gr- this gorilla is fucking dope. Yeah. That's a sweet, be a sweet friend. She's great. I love her. <laughs> yeah, this was a great issue. Yeah, this uh, was good. I, I'm I'm digging this uh, series so far. Yeah, it's it's super pretty, and I was not mm, expecting the carnage level. Me like, either. So intense, <laughs> especially after the first issue. I'm like, oh, this should be fun because they like yeah, tried to dress up like the a, kid to be yeah. like a superhero, and he could augment reality. Like, no, this is just a bloodbath. This issue. <laughs> yeah, and then the, at the end, when so like the the kid and the gorilla get separated from the the brother and sister, and the brother and sister have like uh, the trail of like fungus that was on those like fungus zombies from the first issue, which if they touch you at all, you turn into a fungus zombie. Um, So Alice and the kid are kind of like, they're probably fine. It doesn't mean that they got (laughs) caught by, it's like a molder or something like that. A moldy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Moldy. (laughs) It's not great. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) who knows? It's uh. Tragic, but really compelling. I like yeah, it's it gonna lot. suck when they all show up to the extraction point and just get eaten. Yeah, yeah right. right? <laughs> hey, at least suck. that one kid gets to watch all of this carnage and mayhem through like a teddy bear augmented reality. That's filter. true. Uh huh. Or a mech suit for the other kid. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh man, that, what else we got? Is that me? Yep. Not yes, Juggernaut. RJ. Juggernaut oh, number juggernaut. three. By Fabian Nicieza, Ron Garney, and Matt Miller. Or as I like to call it, Sad Juggy. (laughs) 
That could Sad be a very juggers. different comic. Sad, Sad juggers, juggers is definitely a different comic. <laughs> that's not, I mean, that's not necessarily true. I made this joke before, but Sad Juggers is the name of my OnlyFans page. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Which is so fucking It's good. It's just pictures of Juggernaut next to fan. Next to a fan. <laughs> cooling off. Eating ice cream. Yep. <laughs> Never mind. We're going to leave this one alone. Continue with Juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so this issue is Juggernaut going to, going to court. Because uh, oh, right. he, he wrecked the, those people's construction company. Um, and the the court case is essentially the uh, them going, yeah, Juggernaut, it, look, look, see, he, he wrecked it. And then his defense going, no, it was Spider-Man. Because he yeah, was Spider-Man. It was Spider-Man. actually Spider-Man that did all the damage. And uh, I was the like, good old Spider-Man red herring. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, if, you're, if your court case is against Spider-Man, you're going to win. Because it's Spider-Man. Well, yeah. he's a menace. Everyone right, knows. Yeah. It's true. The Parker, that's, that's all I the know Parker about The Parker luck him. doesn't have any... I can't imagine the Parker luck has any, any chance in court. <laughs> um, it doesn't have any chance anywhere else, so... Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then it's the swiftly um, sandbagged by. I see what you did. Oh uh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> so the so just just waves of sand coming through the courtroom and like bust mm. through all the windows and everything, and it's a character called Quicksand. Um, I guess she's not related. to be confused with the other Spider-Man sand. character that is a lot of sand. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. So it's not. It's not Sandman. Not Sandman. No. It's it's quicksand. Quick yeah. Got it. It's like Sandman, but quicker. It's man sand. I knew you were. No, it's a woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. woman sand. Sorry, I, yeah. I apologize. <laughs> Should have been quicker. Yeah, they had to come up with something better than Sand Woman. Yes. Thank God. Right. Yeah. Also, don't misgender the sand. Yeah, that's uh, that's. No. I apologize. Um, I apologize, Quicksand. I I didn't know. I didn't read this issue. <laughs> Going against the grain. Yeah, I don't know what a giant <laughs> mass of sand's pronouns would be. Especially because they're a million of something. Yeah, I think it's a they. It's a plural they at that point. Anywho. <laughs> so, so the, so like most, most of the issues, um, it's also split into two different stories. So the, the, the current day storyline is just them fighting, the, fighting the Sandman after the Sandwoman after um the court case and uh sh- they find out that she's being brain control uh like mind controlled by something and they're like separate her head so juggernaut has to throw a rock and decapitate her um Jesus. which they're able to do and then they find out that uh the person mind controlling her is Arnim Zola and he's like they let they let Nazis in control of uh what was it uh, doing Nazis experiment on superhuman prisoners, and then the uh, narration text is in like huge font. It's just no, just one Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I just awesome. I just like that they just lifted that whole scene from Ghostbusters two for this. <laughs> Where like oh, they, yeah. there's that court scene, and then it gets disrupted by mayhem and then the only person who can stop the mayhem is the defendant 
And then they cut a deal where the defendant will stop it if, you know. But there's no uh, Nazi. And then the Statue of Liberty walks around. There's no Nazi with a head TV. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I mean, that's that's where it diverges from the ghost. Everything else is exactly the same. Anyway, there were no Scolari brothers as much as you know. So, uh, so the second story is more flashback about um, Kane finding the, his new armor, and so we we actually get to see what is powering it because he doesn't have the gem anymore. So he's like walking through like some kind of Himalayan mountain and um, gets to this this uh, hut. I guess, and this guy, he's like a blacksmith, is forging, and um, he's like, "Oh my God, you're the you're the juggernaut." Uh, he has um, the the bands of Satorak, um, so that is where the where he gets the armor from. And apparently, the blacksmith guy, since the juggernaut was no longer around, was like, "I'm gonna become the the." Uh, disciple of Sit, uh, Satorak and I'm gonna uh, make these bands into a thing and Juggernaut's like nah, it's me because Sitor- <laughs> Sitorak wants me to be it and he <laughs> and he just kind of steals it I guess we haven't finished that story but alright it's nice. throwing the other the other Satorak uh, item into the mix is interesting because he's had the ruby for so long yeah, right. that is true yeah, never, but, never uh, had the you know. There can be only one, I suppose. Doctor Strange mm. deals with the the bands a lot, doesn't he? Oh, no. I'm pretty sure. I believe you. I'm pretty sure Doctor Strange deals with the bands, and they, those bands were what were in the movie Doctor Strange. I'm like oh. sixty issues behind on Doctor Strange. <laughs> so run? four series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the, the last time I checked in on Doctor Strange, he wasn't magic anymore. Ah, yeah, you but you're a little behind. A little behind. He was just Mr. This probably Strange. would have been like, you know, the stuff from the sixties. <laughs> I think I think since you last read, he's gotten magic back and lost it again. <laughs> that's so, fun. I that like sounds it. right. I do, I like I I keep collecting it. Like I have this giant pile of Doctor Strange that I, go, I keep going. One day I'm going to read those. <laughs> and we all know what happens when I do that. Mm-hmm. You don't. I don't. You take it to the beach. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I, I've taken this stack of Doctor Strange to the beach like three times. Oh damn! Not even the beach <laughs> and, is like, working. Didn't get to it. Oh, of course. <laughs> All, right, All right. Speaking of sad red people. Um... Sad red people. <laughs> Were we talking about? Uh oh. Oh. Yikes! Oh, Juggernaut's okay. got a red suit. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Um, Whatever, it was a scratch. Leave me alone. All right, we got Barbalian Red Planet uh, by Jeff Lemire, Tate Bromble, and Gabriel Hernandez Walta. And um, Jordi Belair on color. Oh, and Jordi Bello. Thank you. Good call. Mm-hmm. Lots of names on this book. Yep. So we get our next four-way, 4A into the Black Hammer universe. Uh, one of the main characters, obviously. Last time we talked, it was about Colonel Weird. This is Barbalian, who... Uh, if you're not sure, is he's a, Martian Manhunter. He's Martian Manhunter, pretty much. That's yeah, that's all you need. To know. That's uh, but he's red instead of green, and even he's more from Mars. It definitely very Does sad. Does he like Oreos it, as much? I'm not sure yet. We'll find out. Right. To he's be determined. Also gay? 
Yes. Uh, that yes. is the whole plot of this book. We open up on his trial on Mars where he's being sentenced to death because they found him in human skin and coupling with one of their males. Um, and he's been sentenced to die in three months. He could do whatever he wants, but he has to stay chained. Uh, but basically he is going to be, and he can't go back to earth. So basically he, and then we cut back to his time on earth where he, um, when he is in human form, he is a police officer named, uh, Mark Marks. Mark Marks. Yeah. <laughs> very, uh, very much. Uh, yeah. Just, we're not pretending that it's not Martian man. Right. And I it's fine. Personson. This is another one of those examples <laughs> of Jeff Lemire wanted to write Martian Manhunter. So he did. <laughs> um i also it's kind of fucked up that uh martians are not only homophobic but also xenophobic towards humans yeah, yeah very much so well, they that's, bunch of not, that's, yeah. that's well, white martians were not nice yeah 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 well, yeah that's true. similar to uh, martian manhunter in that same sense yeah. but like doubling down with the homophobia too so the the flashback. You think they'd have different problems to deal with. Yeah. So the flashback is happening in 1986 in San Francisco at the height of the AIDS uh, outbreak, and um, they're right in the middle. Um, we kind of get in the middle of a protest that's going on. It looks like some kind of state building. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. So the city hall. Yeah, and just kind of um, protesting for rights for you know not everyone else but straight people like you know only they only care about that and except for everyone else who's dying of AIDS they don't give a shit about so that's you know everyone yeah. all the yeah all that. at this point the AIDS uh, epidemic has been raging for five years and there's yes. been a lot of promises of a lot of things yeah. and absolutely no progress and they're very mad so this one ca- this one guy leading the protest he goes to try to swap out the American flag with a pride flag and uh our barbarian sees it and he quickly rescues him because he doesn't want this dude to just die. And they seem to know each other as well. No, I, they do not know each other. Well, he knows his name. Yeah, because he reads his tag when uh, he's a cop. Oh, no. Well, I he know. knows who Martian Manhunter is because he's a famous Barbelli, superhero. Yeah, <laughs> they felt yeah, very not familiar. Every cop covers their, uh, their badge number and name. Well, he, oh. he yeah, he, oh. nice. Um, he basically saves yeah, them and just kind Philly. of. <laughs> the guy basically tells him you don't understand what it's like to be a gay man and having like the government not care about you and Barpalian's like I kind of know a little bit but he obviously can't reveal that and we kind of get a flashback where he is trying to be himself and he tried to make a pass at his partner who did not take kindly to that nope. um, and now he's kind of almost been a little ostracized by him um, and kind of just oh completely com- completely ostracized because he's like yeah this guy doesn't like they invite him out for beers after he's like yeah this guy doesn't like crowds and he's like fuck yep this is what's yep I'm just gonna be completely isolated because I'm different um, whether I'm barbarian I've been seen as a hero but I'm still kind of on my own uh, or when I'm a police officer I'm helping people but I still go home and I'm just alone um, this book's a bummer yeah, uh, Barbellion's always going to be a bummer. He was a very tortured character in Black Hammer, and obviously his origin is not going to be better. But at the end, he's kind of out and about, and he sees the same guy he rescues kind of go into this back alley area, and he's just like, "What's going on?" So he, tra- you know, he can shapeshift, shapeshifts into a different form that's not like his cop, not his cop face. He gets some hair, <laughs> and he finds what appears to be a very extravagant, uh, I guess. I don't even know what kind of bar, gay bar, but also 
Maybe, it's a gay uh, bar with a drag show going with on. With a drag show going on, yeah. yeah. And he's like, what did I, like, it blew, like, it completely opens up his worldviews. Like, I didn't know this shit existed. <laughs> like, It's like I the cabaret I'm, on Danny Street. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> exactly and, it, and, and I feel like that's, like, gonna, like, really allow him to open up and be who he actually wants to be. So, this is definitely gonna be a rough journey, but it's this universe. Barbalian's a great character. I'm excited well, you also miss the fact that he's got a bounty hunter on his ass in the yeah, I was gonna the, get there. The uh, present day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, present day for some reason wants to just yeah, he's got a bounty hunter track. Oh well, no, it's like in the past because he's. I think he's the person that brings him back to Mars. Oh yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah. So that for, is what's happening on Mars while he's in the correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we for some reason, yeah. A lot in this. Yeah, it's kind of all over a little bit with that. But so he's got someone tracking him down to bring him back to Mars because I don't think he was supposed to go to Earth. But it's cool. It'll be it's real great. awkward when he finds him in a gay bar. Yeah, it seems that the Martians don't really like that. Nope. So, yeah, it's probably not going to be great when that happens. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, we're going to see what happens. But I recommend it. Again, can't talk about Black Hammer enough, so... Go read it. And if you haven't read Black Hammer, you should do that too. And you could really read this without having read Black Hammer. Yeah, yeah you I can. Did. You could, it, you could read tracks. this and then when you just pick up Black Hammer, you just know about Barbalia. You're now. like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, that's the kind well, of cool part I guess with the these. only thing, spoiler, is that you don't really know he's gay at first, but you know Golden Gale is in love with him. And yeah. then the big reveal is like, Hey, I don't love you back, but the, here's why. Yeah. So that's that's the only thing that like reading it out of order would do for you. But I also just told you, so it's fine. It doesn't it doesn't <laughs> detract from Black Hammer at all. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I could just kind of shift right into our next one too. Very yeah, different vibe, but still amazing. The Devil's Red Ride number two. It's so good. By, Seba- by Sebastian Gurner, John Bivens, and Iris Monahan. Oh man, talk about um, bloodbath! It's Holy shit! Brutal. <laughs> so we kind of get some background on our protagonist, who is um, the stepdaughter of a samurai house leader, who takes over as the actual samurai portion uh, when when they die, uh, and her stepbrother. Yeah, the, the they, dad dies, a, and the brother is yeah. too much of a scaredy cat. Yeah, so they they kind of come up with this where she becomes the warrior, and he um he is just you know shown as the head of the house, but he's not really doing anything. Yeah, well, she's the warrior in the ceremonial like um like uh, the samurai armor. Yeah. armor yeah. So it's not like so like no one knows that it's not. It him. isn't just Correct. like it isn't just like them going out to battle. You know, like her fighting his battles for him. She's like a legit war god. Yeah, she's she's. <laughs> Yeah, like she's the devil, right? Red, like she's earned a title on the battlefield, and we got to get a flashback to one of her main battles interspersed with the she. They're traveling along to kind of get some revenge and, and, on yeah, on a lord. like the current timeline. So in the past timeline, you show her just just on this battlefield, and they say, "Oh, you know, all of her warriors have been stopped because." The devil of war has shown up, and he no one dare goes in. The, the, she immediately is like. I got it. I'm going to go fucking I'll kill this it. dude. <laughs> and this is this monster of a human basically saying, you know, you fight with the strength of a man, but I have the devil's blood coursing through my veins. It's just super badass. Um, 
and eventually kind of gets to the point lots of they they draw lots of parallels between the battle in the back and what's going on now like a lot of visual cues and stuff but mm. it kind of gets to the point where she uses her you know not pure strength and everything to win but you know the classic line you know <laughs> the classic line i'm no boy you bloated fuck um <laughs> as her mat as her mask falls yeah. off and he's like oh shit a woman and he just she just chops his fucking head off yeah like the instant he hesitates she, he, she dies like yeah and this is interspersed with uh her the group that she's traveling with getting ambushed by these uh, um the tengu like these they're kind of all dressed up in these birds. They're like fabled in this part of the the where they're at, yeah. and they get ambushed. And kind of the overlay is basically like she's basically giving in to this like of who she is, like kind of trying to almost hold it back, where she truly knows that she is this warrior, this devil's red bride, for lack of a better term, but, like, she is the, <laughs> like, because she's got the devil thing, like, she is a true killer, right? And she's just, everyone, she's just annihilating it. All she wants is just more blood, Yeah, that's more ca- it's carnage. kind of like the whole, like, you know, keeping your power level hidden thing. You get a brief flash of just how ridiculous she is. Yeah, so kind of hard to say, like, hiding your true power, but she kind of, right, like... yeah let herself go and then she kind of catches herself and like does some self-harm well, to also, kind of like, bring her back down a little bit they're all she's also kind of like concealing her identity and they're like asking her you know who her parents are and she won't say and you know yeah. then like she gets into that huge fight and it's like all right well you gotta be someone yeah right <laughs> right yeah and <laughs> yeah she ends she, up, not no one she ends up getting injured too but she took out like 10 guys she gets injured. She does it to herself, though. It's self-inflicted. Yeah, like, I think because she's like the the blood lust was rising, and now I think to me, I read it that was the way, like sh- that was the way to stop that from happening, or she would have just killed mm. everybody. <laughs> um, and then she finally does tell him who she who she is. Um, this book is badass, man. It's so good. <laughs> it's great. Uh, another vault book, another series. I feel like. I think we just read every vault book at this point. I think we talk about the whole line, but just they about. Are, if you, they are if you like it. samurai films, this is yeah. It. This is that classic samurai um, feel uh, look. The art matches it. The vibe too. It's yeah. so it's so good. And it, it's it. Um, I mean, not completely historically accurate, but it, it takes. There's a lot of cool like uh, references, like the Tengu and stuff, and. Yeah, like the like the houses and stuff may not be, but there are historical p- fantasy points. where it's like you know a, a mixed mash of stuff. But if but if you're into right. like ancient Japan, this is it's perfect. Yeah, you're gonna definitely pick up on some things that are actual yeah. actual things and references and stuff. Yeah, I just like that this book is on the same release cycle as Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah, <laughs> oh, because like you can read this and then you can read like the rated G version of this. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is the R version of Usagi. <laughs> if you read, if you read, you know, Devil's Red Bride, and you're like, what if she was a rabbit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, do I have the book for you? What if she was a rabbit and there were little dinosaurs everywhere? I mean, who doesn't? That want sounds that? delightful. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so cute, right? It's adorable. <laughs> All right. What else we got? We got any more? What else we got? I know it was a big week. I know. Oh my god. 
Uh, oh, yeah. So we have Stillwater, uh, number three, by Chip Zdarsky, uh, Ramon K. Perez, and Mike Spicer. By who? Um, this book. Uh, I think, holy I, I crap. What was his name? I think you said it wrong. What two? Is it Chip Zdarsky? I've never heard of that guy. Chip. Chip Chippity Chip Chip Chip. Oh, that guy. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm you sure got me worried. He, I actually thought I missed it. I know. I'm I sure too. if he knew we talked about him like this, he would hate it. Or he would love it. No, he. I think he would love it. He's really committed to the joke. You right. Know? Yeah. Joke that is his life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At any time, he is committed his, to the joke, whatever that joke his is. His PR. <laughs> uh, but no joke in here. This book yes. is fucking intense. Yeah, it yeah, is. It is. Um, Holy so crap. basically, the premise is there's a town. You can't die when you're in the town. There you go. The Nailed end. It. That's the whole book. Um, and no, we'll so, see you next week. <laughs> so this kid, uh, the main character, was called back to the town by a mysterious benefactor. Turns out it was his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, his friend is just murdered on site. Straight pl- up. Just outside of town. Uh, you know. And they basically say, uh, okay, well, the mom has to suffer because uh, she broke the rules. And you can never leave. Um, yeah, you live here now. You forever. live here now. You live here now. And under the iron thumb of uh, some like really sadistic leaders of the yeah. town. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's a small town if it was under like like Stalinistic rule. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a judge and a sheriff that kind of like have an iron grip, and no one really like the, everyone the knows sheriff, why he can't figure out why. Yeah, the sheriff is a. Dick. Oh yeah, he is. He's the um, biggest. Dick. And we meet a new yeah, one. Oh yeah, and well, the judge is too. The judge is a little more sadistic, and the sheriff is just like brutal. And we also meet yeah. a new um, one though. This this issue. Yeah, the administrator or something. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Um. So yeah. So basically, he's writing a journal and realizing that he, he he keeps trying to run away. He's been shot multiple times. He keeps running away. And they just keep killing him and bringing him back, and then he just gets resurrected because he never actually gets. They're putting out him of on town. like a strike system though. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's strike two. And they're like, next time, strike three, you keep running. I shoot you immediately after you're out of the town, and you're just dead, bro. And he's keeping like, a, there's no, right. there's no escaping. He's keeping this. a journal yeah. too, which he says would be a strike, just because he's like, yeah. There's, so... there's not supposed to be any written, yeah, um, uh, the, the history of the town. So right. no, no, like paper. But he's going insane, mm-hmm. so he has to, yeah. just to, yep. yeah, exactly. He's got to keep it all straight. So, uh. He ends up talking to the doctor and gets some really cool insight from the doctor because the doctor's like, okay, I can't tell you everything. I can't tell you about the sheriff. I can't tell you about the judge. We used to have a democracy. That's not around anymore. I can't tell you why. Don't worry about it. Clearly, you know we can't talk here. Um, Yeah. And then he's like, but, you know, there's no use in wondering why we get resurrected. It just happened one day. And I've I've spent decades trying to figure it out. You know, just don't worry about it. Uh, (laughs) But it, like, presents other problems. Like, there's... You know, there's there's good things like there's a infinite supply of food. Well, because you basically learn it affects all living things, all life. Yeah, so all like life he, in the town. He snaps off an ear of corn and it just immediately grows back. Mm-hmm. So like all of the like harvest is eternal, but there's also cows and yeah. people are butchering them alive. Well, no, they're just they're just over going, and over. They're just cutting slabs off of them while they're alive and it just regrows. So they're just yeah. being tortured eternally. That that more that than anything in this book, I was like, fuck. Like when yeah, that fucked me up. Yeah. Like I was not okay. And like Yeah. And they've they've talked about get like, you know, they get meat sometimes from out of town, but like that's gonna raise too many questions. So right. exactly. they just kinda have to either do this or not eat meat. Which I would say just no eat meat. Just go vegan. Like right. what are you doing? Yeah, like knowing that they're doing like that that struck me, like knowing you're 
literally torturing them. Also, they don't like, need yeah. to eat though, so like yeah, which they is even worse. Need, they just in, they just enjoy eating, so they don't need to. Right. Eat. Yeah. yeah. So they're literally doing it for no reason. That for their own enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, um, there's there's one reason not to go vegan if you enjoy eating. <laughs> but if you, if it also involves like like zing. <laughs> no longer sponsored by PETA. <laughs> Never were. <laughs> Never were for sure. Yeah, definitely not. Um, but yeah, so then then we see like the the sheriff is is like continuing to spy on the kid and like seeing that he's talking to the doctor and they're like, dude, okay, I just, just love how this him. one kid back talks to the sheriff and he just throws him off the fucking oh, roof. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, like the <laughs> so he's basically. Like the the kid's like, what are you doing? He's like, you know, you know, oh, because he's like drinking coffee. He's like, why are you doing that? You don't need coffee. You don't get tired. And he's like, well, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you know, remember what it was like to just enjoy things, and you gotta like maintain who you were from before this. And the kid goes, so does that mean you were a controlling dick who thought he could run the whole town before the day? And then Whoa. yeah, he just there's like a beat, and then he just shoves him off the roof. <laughs> So if you can't, that is the only joke in the book, it, which is really dark. It was so good. If though. you can't die in this town, can you still get horribly hurt? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you feel it. And this you is just, the same kid feel. from the first issue that died in front of him. And he rushed to the hospital, and he just got up and left. Yeah, it's yeah. the same kid who, yep. at this point, is probably who knows how old he is mentally. Uh, so the doctor, he's yeah, not a child. That's the other thing. If you if you are just stuck where you were, that kid's probably been a kid for decades. He's a golden yeah. gale. Because so they're not don't aging. Age. Yeah. Right. Also, the they doctor have, like, says sometimes he has to set bones back in place. So, yeah, if they yeah. don't, if they don't heal properly, but they basically said like they all have like a healing factor, basically, so they can't get drunk. So they're just doing shots rapidly to try to be drunk for ten seconds. So yeah, it's just Wolverine the, the town. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty totally. much. Why is every um, issue of, Wolver- of this episode uh, like this? We're just talking about Wolverine drinking now. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the Wolverine drinking show. It's because we're not um, an X Men podcast. We are. We, <laughs> have we talked about X Men yet on this show? Yeah, we're yeah, not yet. <laughs> Again, not yet. It's coming. Um, yeah, Just wait so, till so that hour mark. Uh, yep. The doctor invites him to a party, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, sure, I'll go and like hang out with the town because I have to be here anyway, so might as well get to know people." Uh, turns out the party is for a death day, and what they do is mm-hmm. once a lifetime they. Uh, establish when you would have naturally died and they uh, fill out like a fake death certificate and they put out an obituary and then you're given new papers and you're given like a new identity and that's all from the administrator. It's like you kind of hide so they can keep up appearances. It's not as weird as that comic called The Motherless Oven where there's a death day and you have to make your own parents and your parents are like a, a lamp and a steamboat and then it rains knives every hour the fuck yeah. yeah definitely not as weird no. as that yeah definitely not yeah that's what remind me of are. <laughs> <laughs> okay all righty um, but yeah so basically the administrator who figures all this stuff out is gives him some like threatening thinly veiled threats um and he's like, you know, uh, there's a lot of people in this town, but that's the one i'm actually yeah, scared of I want yeah a cage match between her and granny from once in future yeah, yeah, yeah. that's tough actually right? <laughs> um, I guess it depends on if it's in the town or not because yeah, you know, exactly. the granny from Once in Future would just keep you know <laughs> filling her with bullets and it wouldn't matter <laughs> um, but yeah and then and then it turns out so like the, the mom her punishment was being buried for like five days or something or like a week yeah. um, so the end of the issue is them finally digging her up and her like penance is done uh and it basically ends with him being, him being like, uh, 
They think I'll forget that I'll move past everything, but they killed my friend. <laughs> I won't forget. And yeah, so he's got some revenge plot going mm-hmm. on. Uh, I'm very curious to see where it goes. His friend was super like good. some kind of Silicon Valley app guy. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. He's he was like actually yeah, he was like a tech founder. So like there's like news articles and stuff about mm-hmm. it. So like you know he, his death won't go unnoticed. So there will be somebody looking yeah, into maybe it. Maybe no exactly. Else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's, let's roll. Yeah, yeah, we got some shout outs. Who's got shout outs? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, we need a button. Yeah, we'll yeah, it. we need a soundboard so bad. We, we Scott, need, well, we, we need a listening. shouts theme song. <laughs> yes. Everybody well, and a picks and a top story. You gotta have a format. You gotta, you gotta we fully lean songs. into it. If you're gonna have theme songs, you need full. You can't just have one. I just want to. I, I just want to get Casey a little guitar solo when she talks about Thor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just like a little Bill and Ted. We need a can kids see why Tim Toes Crunch. <laughs> yes, there's also that. Yeah, that was a that was an off mic thing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I'll just start it out because it's consistently one of my favorites. Uh, Die Fifteen by Karen Gillan and Stephanie Hans. Uh, fucking gorgeous. Fucking End of brutal. the story arc, so fucking good. Yeah, oh Grief Knight also has an anger mall now, um, <laughs> and he is fucking pissed and sad. Oh, so pissed and sad. I've, same, I've, bro. Yeah, same. Uh, and he pretty much just goes on a war path and pretty much like to get to fucking take out Angela and she's like oh, I have a whole city I could throw at him and that's like all that's gonna do is give uh, raise a body count like, like he can't be stopped yeah. and he just fucking fucks shit up and it's beautiful <laughs> and there's such a the, the way they resolve like bringing the party back together is so good it just happens so naturally in a yeah. way that isn't contrived it's yeah it's very yeah, ultimately, good. they don't stop the die that are going to end the world from being made, but they still think they can stop it and not have the world be destroyed. So we'll have to see what happens, but it's not looking they great. They have to go to the center of the planet. Which is a large dungeon, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they, they also yeah, make a Jules good. Verne reference, though. So. Yeah, yeah, they, they do. do. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, they say something like, yeah, we've got to go to the center of the earth. We're going to get that <laughs> fucking like, uh, evil Jules Verne or something like that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Such a great book. Another end of the arc. Go. I'm assuming there's only going to be 20 because it makes sense. But yeah, go no, there will definitely only be 20. Yeah. Awesome. RJ. All right. <laughs> uh, talk about a <laughs> uh, dark interlude number one by Ryan O'Sullivan, uh, Andre Muti and Vladimir Popov. Um, so this book is a sequel to Fearscape, which is one of my favorite comics ever. Um, I wish I would have known that before I read it. Yes, you <laughs> should read Fearscape first. Everyone should read Fearscape and then also read the first issue of Dark Interlude. Yes. I have thrown around the idea of doing it as a like separate mini episode book club thing where I, we, me and RJ just force everyone to read Fearscape. That sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> you say that, but I don't know which if it's your style, so it'll definitely be an episode. I definitely <laughs> didn't make it through this issue. <laughs> All right, yeah. so Fearscape is a book about... Um, 
essentially there's this land called the fearscape where it's everyone's like worst fears kind of manifested into monsters and they're ruled by a great fear that is like the big like the the biggest fear of all of humanity so at one point it was the plague and at another point it um uh, something else but like it just it just keeps changing um and the only hopes like the only bastions of hope in uh fear in the fearscape are uh the muse which is like just you know a generic muse for whatever story and um the hero with a thousand faces like joseph campbell um so he's just like every hero and they uh every like set amount of time go to our world to get the greatest storyteller around to come into the the fearscape and like help drive back the horde of of nightmares um so the main character he was chosen um but turns out that he had never actually written anything of his own he was a translator and the only book that he had ever written was something that he had plagiarized from his mentor um so the the whole book and a dark interlude is narrated from his perspective and you and there's tons of the book is super meta um so because like yeah in addition to being about this story of like you know good versus evil um there's also it's way 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 more complicated than that um <laughs> yeah this is a this is a tangled book to yeah try it's to... a story within a story within a yeah. story yeah the the fearscape stuff is like just only the first layer uh it's the book is really really interesting um it, the it starts with the dark interlude starts with like a, a letter from henry henry who's the main character and um uh like you read it and then it it goes into the story and it's just like another layer of of meta um and you find like william shakespeare in the in the fearscape um Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it story is nuts. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack yeah. here. There's a lot of homework for this book. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> there's a great there's a great Henry joke though because Shakespeare wrote the Henry plays and he like takes out a book and it's like Henry Infinite, but the main character's also name is Henry Henry. So <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, Word puns. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. So that's all I. It very confused me because I didn't know what Fearscape was. So. Right. Yeah, it helps a lot confused. more. So like the book is really interesting. Um, it's one one of the reasons why it completely blew me away was that the way is the way it's formatted, not just how well it's written, um, from like for being meta from like a script standpoint, but from a artist standpoint as well because he the main character is like a douchebag and you know you can't tell if he's lying or not and he'll have interactions with people where they'll have speech bubbles but then his his narration boxes will be over top overwriting what they say and (laughs) um 
it, <laughs> the most unreliable narrator. Right. But it's just it's another layer. Like the the book is formatted on a genius level as well. Not it's not just written really cleverly. Like it's also just constructed insanely. Um, there's a there's a part where there's a a person's normal speech bubble, his narration box, and then a person from Fearscape, which is like these, which is like a black um, balloon bubble, like all overlapping. And um, then uh, also for like marketing the the sequel, Dark Interlude, uh, Vault did a AMA or like a they did like a takeover. Um, yeah, Henry Henry took Henry, over yeah, the Henry, Vault's Henry Twitter. Over Vault's Twitter and was like bashing on uh, all the other Vault books that came out because he's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> and it was super clever so good. and like really cool to see. And it just at like adds that much more. Like, there's so many small details of this book that are that are really interesting, and yeah. it's it's all about the power of stories and just the it really like makes you think um, you have to break down. There's like a lot to break down when you read it. It's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd like to shout out Usagi or Jimbo number 14. Here we go. By Stan Sakai and Tom Luth. Uh, We, we, this kind of wraps up this, this ongoing story. It's been a four part story of, uh, Usagi visiting his hometown, it getting taken over by the people he used to fight with, like it was his whole clan. So um, we finally meet Usagi's son, who is this adorable little buggy, little bunny, little mm-hmm. cute little samurai, little bunny bun. Um, they end up killing all these people who were trying to burn down the whole town, and um. We get this this really sweet moment because Usagi's son thinks this other guy is his father, mm-hmm. and Usagi um, volunteers to walk him back to where he's been studying with his old master. So they get this really nice kind of catch up moment, and they like hug it out at the end. So that was heartwarming. I love this book. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, Consistently adorable. And, and Usagi, you know. It was good. He didn't, you know, he doesn't burst that bubble. You know, he still stays. He's Uncle Husagi, even though this kid looks exactly like him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's this note at the end of the book Tom Luth is retiring from comics. Yeah, I saw oh, that. Dang. So he's been working with Stan Sakai for like 30 years. He's been doing all the, like, the, co- the covers. Um, oh, wow. This is kind of the first time they've really done colors in the interiors, but now he's hanging up his paintbrush. So. Dang. It'll be interesting to see who uh, who gets to to fill in these books because that's yeah, those are big shoes to fill, for sure. That's true. Well, best of luck to that guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got some spooky shoutouts I'd like to do. Spooky shoutouts. Uh, so Sea of Sorrows number one came out from IDW. It's uh, by was? Rich Dorek. Do- Dow- Dauk? Something. Rich like- Dauk. Yeah, that sounds right. And Alex uh, Cormack. Um, so really cool character or like, or, or, you know, story development just in this first issue, uh, basically post world war one, uh, salvagers who are like looking for 
gold that is supposedly in a, in a sunken U-boat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean that was never on anyone's, like, log. Like, it was, like, this, like, forgotten ship that kind of just went, like, went through the, ra- you know, slipped through the radar of uh, the Germans when it, when it just disappeared. Um, so no one ever salvaged it. So... Um, they kind of put this merry band of of uh of not like necessarily scoundrels, but you know not necessarily in the up and up people that are that have fallen out after the war who like desperately need something to cling to because there's like mm-hmm. a lot of PTSD going on in this issue too. Um, and uh, they go down into the you know old timey diver helmet and they uh you know one guy's walking around and uh mermaids, um. I have a theory also. They show the mermaid and it's super spooky. You never see her tail. Yeah, you do. So I Until No? You never yeah. see the fin. I thought you It did. always uh, goes off the panel. Mm. I think she's like part of a giant squid monster or like the uh, like dangly on a giant anglerfish. Yeah. Maybe. Oh wow, yeah. you're right. I thought for sure we saw a tail. It's a No, yeah. You think it's just a regular mermaid. They do a really good job of convincing you that it's a mermaid. But you, yeah, the, the, look at the um, the preview for the next issue. You can tell that her tail is significantly longer than the average it's a mermaid Medusa, that you But instead seen. of snakes, it's mermaids. It's just naked ladies. <laughs> <laughs> the best hair. Um, I, I like the, the idea the, of it being the dangly part in an anglerfish. That's fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, that, that was, uh, that'd be Isn't super that cool. Isn't um, I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, not, um, not a naked lady, but yeah. Yeah, but it, it was like a balloon woman. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this uh, the art in this is gorgeous. It's got some is so really good. good. It reminds yeah. me of Gabriel Hardman, who did like. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah no, it, it, there's so much like it's just you're just lost in this black abyss. Yeah. Like there's so yeah, the inks are phenomenal. It's like it's gorgeous. almost like it was drawn on black paper. There's it's yeah. that heavy on the inks. Yeah, it looked like it was like etched away. Yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, the, not too much just because it's like all the world building. I'm really curious to see Plus, where it goes. You can never though. have yeah. enough. Mermaid horror. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Never have enough. Yeah, there has been a lot of that lately. <laughs> I mean, more so than usual. Yep. There's only so many. Times- Did you ever watch Lighthouse? I have. I haven't watched Lighthouse yet. Gotta fucking you watch, watch the lore. I've got the beard for it now. Did you watch the lore, <laughs> which is a body horror mermaid musical? That's Swedish. Yikes. Whoa. All right. <laughs> so good. So many words. Um. But yeah, I also got another horror book that we just absolutely love. It's uh, Something's Killing the Children, number 12, uh, by James Tyne in the fourth and Werther Deladira and uh, Miguel Muerto. We've been covering this since uh, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this issue has some really cool revelations. I don't want to spoil it because I feel like this is a fantastic book that everyone should be catching up on. Um, we get some info just, on the monsters. Yeah, and some on the monsters and the kid. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning, who mm-hmm. um, was the only survivor of a massacre from the monsters, um, and the the clan that she works for, that the monster hunter works for, shows up, and they're gonna fuck shit up because she is she basically knows that all they care about is covering it up and not actually saving any lives. Yeah, they're so, just gonna wipe the town out. Yeah, because yeah. the whole town now has seen if they haven't seen the monsters themselves, they've act, they've seen a girl get snatched up and torn apart in mm-hmm. midair for vice. They can't see what you know, it is. Just like right. a normal um, everyday right. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, this, yeah, th- I, I felt like th- there was a lot of development in this issue. So it was, it was, yeah, really it was good. cool. Yeah. 
Okay, I'll, uh, uh, let me let me double up on some Karen Gillan. Yeah. Friend of the show. <laughs> Friend. Yeah. Uh-huh. Only. Um, uh, as in, in we met him that one time. Exactly. He's a super nice guy. He has one of our yeah. stickers that he probably threw away. <laughs> um, once in future number 13, Karen Gillan, Dan Mora, and the incomparable uh, Tamara Bond villain. Oh, man. The best. Um, just another... God. It's a lot of bloodbath comics this week. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> just more in the awesomeness of this book. I just I want to shout it out so it's in people's names. Uh, there's some f- Nazi fighting. Uh, the Green Knight shows up and he's fucking dope. The Green Knight. Um, <laughs> Tommy the Green Knight Ranger. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no. Does he have Does he have a, a flute? Can he? <laughs> and a dragon sword. Uh, no, but he's already killed at least one Nazi, so I, I ain't that mad. He's already him. better than Tommy. <laughs> Goddamn, <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, so yeah, so now we get we get some Green Knight who just the the costume design, the colors, and everything. It's just it's the characters and like the the, the myths that they bring to life. They're so badass. Well, like so all, every good. single one of them are badass. We also um, get a really cool like montage of the main character, the Percival, uh, mm. uh, who's just yeah. been been adventuring this whole time. Yeah, in his between, filler episodes. Yeah, in between uh, like Beowulf and like at one point he's like running from a like a wicker man that's like on fire and like reaching <laughs> oh, for him. It's yeah. just like whoa, what's that story? Go back. Where's the Go Midsummer? Back. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this looks like a giant like wolf thing, like a like a giant mutant rat, like just <laughs> shredder gone bad. Like, it's just <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I want to see all those stories. Yeah, S- that be like the. the uh... Oh yeah, you're right. Come on. <laughs> I don't read turtles. It's Who's like we dumb talk now? About. I'm the one who made the stupid turtle mistake last week, and I don't feel as stupid. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> All right, can we get to Ten of Swords now? Oh, fine. I suppose. <laughs> and now all right, the we part are... where we become a second podcast all about X-Men. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. Um, so, the, the oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> X-Force. I guess we should actually do the title cards. X-Force 14 by Benjamin Percy, Jerry Duggan, Joshua Kassara, and Guru EFX. This is what uh, we get a lot of battles and uh, we get a montage and montage. Man, I love before we get to the montage. Mm-hmm. Pogger Pog is a troll inside of of this, crocodile suit. Yeah, also, crocodile suit. also, I called it magic allowed herself to get swallowed. Yep. And then yep. clawed her way out from the inside and got a, and got a point and won. He's the mech. Yeah. yeah. And then he's just this little, this little asshole who's been piloting the little troll. He's a literal troll. That's why he rhymes. And she just uppercutted him into oblivion because yeah. yeah, he like asks for mercy, and she's like, nah, nah, brah. <laughs> yeah. Then we get a we get a montage here, and Araco fucking cleans up on these fucking battles, or what? <laughs> Which we don't get a lot of explanation of. We just get a picture. There's a data page later on that gives more explanation, it's in ca- but it's in cable. Yeah. <laughs> later on, I said later yeah, on. Like, I didn't say so. Like one looks like a dance competition. One just looks like Gorgon and Magic doing a puzzle. One uh, one is a literal know. like tor- one is a torture chamber. They're in like yeah, a Spanish yeah. Inquisition torture. Ch- they're they're Sisyphusian rolling yeah. like like boulders up hills. They're bonkers running away from anglerfish. Speaking of which, I, I, just, like, I just love yeah. all of these just single images with just who won. 
Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's so good. The eating contest, which Krakoa yeah. won, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there's an MC Escher stairs mm-hmm. room. The uh, the oh the um runway competition with uh Storm and Wolverine, Wolverine yeah. who are both still drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and they lose, of course. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah, then they kind of go to this market where kind of uh, the crooked market, the crooked market where Saturnite's still trying to get Brian on her side. And he, what, do you, what do you mean on her side? <laughs> in her bed? And, well, yeah. in her on side, her side, on her side, bed. in whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I know. I'm just and he is, coming he's, from you. Yeah, and he is just not. He's not interested. Uh, <laughs> no. And loses whatever made up competition oh it was a race and he's uh, with Redroot, who i didn't realize is very slow uh i yeah. i don't know if she's ancient or if she's just like literally the weight of a tree uh but yeah he's like i got this no problem and she's like power walking like, yeah. which tells me that she's an old lady yeah um right and, but <laughs> right. like uh he gets ambushed by saturnine's like demon robot army yeah whatever i don't know what those sure. are um but uh yeah so so redroot wins but like only because brian was a little indisposed uh and we get notes f- from the mojo verse on how they're going to turn it into their own tv show and how they're yeah, going to change so it <laughs> and we, we talked about this a little bit off mic about how fun it would be to have commentary over over these uh, events yeah and i think yeah, we decided our our commentary bench would be mojo and dupe doing color commentary <laughs> yeah, I would personally love a guest spot from Jason Bateman from Dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> Bold move, Cotton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, then we get a cuddle more with Magic trying to solve a riddle, and she just doesn't. She just can't spell. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Yeah, she spells magic, but she spells it the way she spells it. Yeah, I love that there was a spelling bee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was a riddle. She just spelled yeah. it wrong. Yeah. A spelling bee would have been funny. Yeah, that yeah, would have been, been good. And then the yeah, w- and then there's like a oh. penance stare with the white sword and Wolverine, and they have to look at all the people they've murdered, and like whoever blinks first loses, and Wolverine just starts crying. You would think yeah. that Wolver- that would Wolverine would have persevered. He just went through all that when he died. But yeah, I think it's we don't know how hot. long they were staring. And it, yeah, they've they've both killed a lot of people. Yeah, and White Sword don't give a shit. And most yeah. of the people that Logan has killed have been different versions of his the love of his life. So right, exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. it's gonna and get like, to him. Who knows if like old man Logan memories are in there too? He murdered every single person he's ever cared about. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you know, well. there's a lot of situations where he's done that. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, man. Oh man, there's a, there's a competition between Brian and War, and it's literally just like, kill this kitten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's the cutest cat ever. So it's just Brian holding War back, and I'm so glad we didn't have to see it either. Yeah, that's that, that's off panel. We just see that Araka uh, won. It's like, oh, we get kitten. a great line right before there was like they go to the kill sirens, and it's like f- few can resist the <laughs> sirens call, and Gorgon just starts running, and Wolverine just like I think Gorgon's gonna fuck that boulder. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I love we that get, we finally got yeah. kind of a montage on this. It was yeah. great, and then we get a it's, great storm death. Um, oh yeah, matchup. and we get the data page where we find out that the alcohol they were drinking literally just feeds off your power. So it yeah. it was depowering them, but literally because it just it just 
it's a black hole for anything yeah. that you are powerful in. So it's just, she's like, why don't I feel right? It's like, oh, I don't have my powers. But then the contest is, you know, draw first blood and Storm's still fucking badass. Yeah. So she draws first blood. She'll, yeah, she dances with the devil in the pale moonlight as well. Yeah. <laughs> and true. wins. And won. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good. At one point he, uh, you know, she, they're just, they're, they're sword fighting. Yeah. And death is a fucking cheap bitch so he just takes his helmet off and anyone who stares at his face just like evaporates Dude, Storm, and she so good. uses the, the the sword to reflect it back on him and while he's like recoiled back and like you know dying she just runs him through but she runs like this yeah like covers her eyes runs so she yeah, just, yeah. It doesn't inadvertently see runs him through and really leaves him to get devoured by vampires yeah, that part yeah. was yeah. pretty rad. This that was, was cool. like this was like Storm fighting Callisto for the leader of the Morlocks, badass. Like <laughs> this is my favorite Storm. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah. Also, finally, nice to see her get some fucking badass. You if know, you're if you're a moments. vampire and you get to eat death, like that's one hell of a snack. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's got to be high on your list of things you want to eat. Like that's some good yep. blood. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Hellions so, was quick, but we can. Yo, we can Hellions talk number about six by Zeb Wells, Carmen Carnero, oh and David uh, Curiel. Everyone dies. Sinister's a dick. <laughs> Spoiler: Everyone dies. Spoiler it's like that issue of X Force where everyone dies. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You mean that the number one? Um, turns out Sinister's a huge asshole. Turns out Sinister's a fucking dick. Uh, yeah, they finally get to Araco. And they run into Tarn the Uncaring. Who's just like the Araco version of Sinister. But like way more culty? Yeah. Like yeah. it feels more like religious. It feels like this is his like destiny to like mutate the mutants and like. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a much dark. And they uh, fuck X, the Hellions up. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but then. Yeah, they then, do. Then uh, Sinister finds out that he has his own mutants and then he goes collector crazy because he's got to catch them all yeah Sin- sinister's yeah. like <laughs> oh they're mutants so you know i need the i, I must need have that dna though yeah they just um, dropped him in a booster pack and he's got to yeah get them right all. exactly <laughs> and and tarn's like yo like while i you know respect the hustle kindly fuck right off <laughs> yeah right right yeah and then but then sinister's like yeah yeah sure uh just look over there for a second and then just like releases collector drones that are just mosquitoes yeah. Weirdly not the weirdest <laughs> episode of Yu-Gi-Oh i've seen <laughs> <laughs> oh and then yeah nanny gets totally fucked up nanny gets blown in oh half my God. on her horse so then Dude, we it. see we see before they all get fucked up we see the locust file and I need like way more of all these characters. Yeah, they are fucking, fucking creepy. Yeah. Like we just get like a data page that explains who they are and they're so vague and ominous and like yeah, fuck. They, they just seem like they're killing machines. Yeah. Like that's all they are. They're all just like crazy. They they kind of remind me of like um Sid's like like mutated toys yeah. from Toy Story. Yeah. They're like <laughs> that, of, but yeah. like really bloodthirsty. Yeah, like Havoc gets his hands chopped off after he's already lost an eye. Um, oh yeah, he had to give up an eye I, to like get through through the gate and he's like, give me fucking he's, The one dude just gets ripped apart. Havoc like, is a cyclops. ripped off. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> that's pretty good. They, I did they didn't mention that, that really at good. all, and I was waiting for it the whole time. It's such a good visual, ja- visual that's gag. Fucking I was amazing. waiting for it the that's whole fantastic. time. 
<laughs> That's fucking awesome. So they eventually like escape only to Well, not all of them. Well, uh, nanny Nanny gets uh, you know, the crew that are open. left alive manage to escape. Orphan back to gets Krakoa. his fucking arms ripped off. Like yeah, oh my god. Fear made me so sad because he was just like, Nanny! And he was just like going in a rage. <laughs> they murdered the fuck out of Wild Child and yeah. like oh yeah. my god. Wild Child went yeah. out nobly though. Yeah. He did. He actually did. Yeah. But but yeah, then, so then they, they get back to Krakoa and then like Sinister's like, fuck it. I'm just going to kill the whole team and then run back and tell them we were attacked. Yeah, like, what the fuck? He's got a plan. He has a plan, obviously. This was the plan all along. Um, but first, he yeah, has to before, stop and get a cape on his way back. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but before that, too, um, <laughs> we see Empath finally lets Grey Crow go. Oh, like, he so lets go good. of his brain and he just fucking guts his ass. <laughs> uh but yeah, then yeah, then Sinister uh, just murders the fuck out of Havoc and Psylocke and Empath and Grey Crow and cut yeah. to cable number six. <laughs> yep. Cable number six by Jerry Duggan, Phil Noto, and uh, VCs Joe Sabino. It's a great name. Yeah, I mean, is it? It's weird, but okay. It just sounds like he's <laughs> announcing himself. It just sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we get Sinister talking to the Quiet Council. Um, about the you know near death experience that he just had, the fucking prick. See, I pulled I pulled a goof and read this one first. Uh. So then, like, <laughs> yeah, w- when I finally got back around to Hellion, so I was like, oh, he was just fucking lying that whole time. <laughs> That's almost <Right>? better. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I kind of I kind of love it. <laughs> like it's it's kind of a a, a funnier reading. Uh, order. Also, there's a small <laughs> detail that I kept seeing being pointed out online, but Kate's got gloves to hide the kill Shaw on her knuckles. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's good. I didn't notice that. So great. Uh, yeah. Sinister gets a really good dig on her. <laughs> I uh, loved fashion. it so much. Yeah, yeah. He said that when I uh, first met you. Before... It- yeah, before Emma took pity on you, you looked like you were dressing yourself with the remainders of Xavier's School of Lost and Found box. So don't think, <laughs> I don't think I, I'll take any fashion sass from you. And then Emma's just like, well, that motion is regrettably it's, seconded. It's <laughs> funny because she's had terrible outfits, but so terrible. But there's actually an issue. Well, Wolverine is being like crucified by the Reavers outside, and Jubilee is like the only X-Men around before they even know she exists. Um, she's like sneaking hmm. around and she needs clothes and she actually wears like this awful amalgamation of like people's outfits and it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it made me think of. That's great. I love it. Yeah, um, basically Sinners just said, yo, Arako's going to win. Uh, you need to destroy the gate. And Kirko is like, nah, dog. Nah. <laughs> not nah. happening. We're nah. not, I'm not getting rid of that gate. What does Krakoa sound Then we like? cut back to Otherworld, and we get some, like, actual what we thought this competition was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> a sword fight. A sword fight. We get Cable versus Bay the Blood Moon, which uh, was a good battle, but then he, like, doesn't want to kill Cypher's new wife in front of him. <laughs> yeah, he, he hesitates because he wants to put himself between her yeah. and Cypher so Cypher doesn't have to watch it, and then she uses that as an opportunity to, Damn. to win. But then Cypher yeah. basically, you know, makes them stop because, you know, there can be well, she, yeah she's definitely gonna kill cable and he's like no and then uh saturnine's like well you know this fight was to the death 
However, some deaths are of the spirit. Right. Point Araco. Th- this this pissed me <laughs> off a little bit because like this was going to be this whole like fight to the death. A lot of people aren't going to come back, but there's so many of these loopholes and fucky finishes and like just. You did you really think they were going to kill new cable, baby cable, when they <laughs> just started that? No, that wasn't going to happen. But, but it, a lot of these characters just came back in some capacity. Wolverine, Betsy, Cable, like, this isn't permanent. But, well, it's it's never sure. permanent, but it, it it took all the gravitas out of the whole thing where, like, she was breaking his arm and he was in his head going, like, all I ever wanted to do was was make my father proud. And it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah but have you, like, have you ever read a tournament arc, man? <laughs> <laughs> they, they never finish. They never. Also, this yeah. was, like, and I do, the fun casual summer event it was supposed to be and then it got yeah. like and, and it, out. it really has been super fun and campy and i love it right up until this yeah. point and then it just it takes a fucking she turn fucking and is super heavy. dark um Dude, but this- before that so cable basically the we established that the, before the tournament started that there was going to be a psychic link between him and like gene or like you know early on in the tournament rather and uh so gene scott and cable are all talking and he's <laughs> they haven't he hasn't filled them in on anything that's going on and he's like uh uh i have to i had to fight doug's large wife and i didn't want to kill her and they're just like they just yeah, have this like that... panel of looking at each other i'm like what the f- there's a great pause what? panel like i'm sorry what <laughs> i just like that he called her his, his large, large wife, wife. Mm-hmm. his large beautiful <laughs> wife yeah uh, but then we get a turn, and it's Dude, uh, white... Gorgon versus the White Sword. This was awesome. It's really good. What a good device to even the odds, and what a fucking spectacular talk about a final finish. Yeah, so basically, for Gorgon. White Sword just summons all of his hundred warriors that he uses to fight over and over again. So Gorgon just starts fighting. Yeah, he's those. got he's got a, a hundred immortal warriors because yeah. those are the people that he's resurrected that fight for him. And he ends up getting through 13 of them? 13 or 14 yeah, of them? Yeah, Gordon gets a point for each one. He does. Yes. Yeah, which at that point, when once they realize he's getting a point for each one, the rest of the Iraqo fighters are like, what the fuck? Stop them. Like, yeah. don't let them, you know, they're going yeah. to yeah. win if they have 100 <laughs> people to kill. And then they but killed, also, Gorgon is getting fucked And up. then they killed Gorgon. <laughs> so now yeah. it's tied. It's so sad. Yes. Oh. Man, the way he so kills Gorgon. Brutal. So basically, Gorgon got fucked up by a lot of the he, White Sword people, yeah. and then he called him off, and he's just fucked. Oh, they they fucking gouge his eyes yeah. out because he turns a couple into yeah. a stone, and they fucking get. It's brutal. Um, apocalypse was, cool, was like apocalypse was like that. That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah that's, like, a that's mutant, how a mutant my friends. Dies. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then because then because the White Sword resurrects people. That's his mutant power. So uh, he offers to. He's like. um uh, he says, uh, "When it's done, I will restore you, and you will serve me." And Gorgon says, uh, "I never. I walk my own path." And he says, "I I could impose my will." And he says, "Not over me." And then he just fucking runs, runs him through. through. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah, that apocalypse. That is a, that's how a mutant dies. Children, so yeah. badass. Yeah. Dude. Fucking took the L. Holy shit. And now we know where we're at. Uh, the basically then apocalypse basically is like we. All right, we, enough of this shit. We know we know what's happening now. So yeah, now, yeah. She starts to draw cards, and yeah. uh, Annihilation is like, "There's no need for theatrics, witch." And he's like, "We know what comes next." Yeah. And then it's fucking it's apocalypse head to head. Nineteen nineteen nineteen. Uh, uh, and Araco, and it's fucking Genesis versus Apocalypse. Holy the main shit! Main event. Yeah. 
yeah. is yeah, scheduled is. for nope. one fall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we got three more issues. Yeah, and I, I I had this thought off mic, too. Um, we didn't do the brackets like we, we wanted to. We didn't do... Uh, I mean, we had no way to plan. We couldn't have. We had no have. way to plan we, for we any of have. We didn't yeah. do a championship belt either. Again, this is a, a non whatever but i think what we can do is when it's all said and done we should have some superlatives we should have like an mvp uh someone should get the game ball um <laughs> we need an lvp least valuable player oh, sad. <laughs> uh, we should retire a jersey at some point yeah probably pogger pogs uh crocodile suit hang crocodile that shit up suit. in the rafters yeah right <laughs> yeah uh, this bonkers event man yeah. But I, I we, they blasted through so many of these comics. Well, we contests. got we gotta have we gotta have the you know the main event Annihilation versus Apocalypse. We also have to have Just the Fallout. The Fallout. We have to we have to get Baby Shogo back from Saturnine because oh, yeah. she owns him now. We have to figure out what the fuck is going on with Betsy, uh, uh, and then we oh, have right, to yep. figure out. No matter what, Araco is probably going to try to invade anyway. Even if they lose, they're going to be like, fuck you, we don't play by rules, and just try to invade I mean, Krakoa. I Lord imagine. Bay is going to be like, so, Bay and Cypher are going to be the ambassadors. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be like uh, um, Saga, like uh, Marco and Alana. Yeah. And, yeah. and then be the, be the... Try to unite uh, the clans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They will, they will unite people with, yeah. their, with their love child. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, well, we got three more. It'll be fun. Um, we promise we're not an X Men podcast. Yeah, man, we got <laughs> we got to stop with these these three top stories. It's just like well, we will after next week. Hey, we're still under time. We got three whole minutes. Let's do this. What's coming out? <laughs> What's coming out today, Comic everybody? Books. Oh look, uh, X Men. Oh hey, look at that! Three more X Men books. <laughs> oh shit! X Men, X Men, but it's Excalibur all and. Destruction. Uh, dis- destruction, destruction. This is a big week too, man. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. How do um, we cram just- all that, Graham? Justice League Dark, Daredevil. The record- last issue of uh, Hellblazer. No, right. no. Uh, record-breaking Injustices. Spawn three twelve. Love it. <laughs> Department of Truth. Oh fuck! Oh god, that, uh, that book can so destroy that book. my whole world again. Oh, man. <laughs> Can't wait. Scumbag number two, Shang-Chi. Yay, Shang-Chi. Uh, what else we got? Sabrina looks like, X-Ray Robot. So maybe we'll figure out what's happening in that book next week. Uh, uh, something called I Walk With Monsters. Oh, yeah. That's, that, cool. that's a new vault book. It's like yeah. a, it's, I think it's part of this vault like Halloween series like with the autumnal and stuff, which also comes out. So I'm in. Ooh, autumnal's Unkind- out too? Yeah, Unkindness of Ravens. Very spooky week, it looks uh. like. So much. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is gonna be this a, a good me week. heavy week. Oh, it's yeah. also local comic shop day Ooh. this Wednesday today. So go, go to out those. if you are able to support your local comic shop. If you are not able to go out in person, the mo- you know we're doing online promotions or just call the sh- your shop and figure out how you can participate in some way. Uh, a lot of really cool variants that are out. Mm-hmm. Um, also, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You too. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a din- diner Thanksgiving. Yeah, stay home. Nice. Don't go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mel- Melrose Diner around the corner always does a Thanksgiving dinner. And my my moral compass typically says I refuse to buy anything on a holiday because I don't want to like encourage people to be working I on a holiday. But also, I do want Melrose Diner to still exist. So... 
I'm supporting you'll, them. You'll make an exception. Yeah, I'll make an exception to keep them in business yeah. and, and you know, like give them my my money. That's so. a good. That's a good exception to make. I'm uh, exactly. Yeah. I'm barbecuing Strange a turkey. Nice. Good luck. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I just resurrected. Um, I was cleaning out some brush in my backyard earlier in the spring, and uncovered a completely grown over barbecue, and I resurrected <laughs> it. I cleaned it off. I I ground it down. I That's got some so new grapes for it, and uh, yeah, we're back in business. I'm gonna. Uh, That's I'm gonna awesome. Catch a turkey and name it Gil, and we're gonna play volleyball. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Fun fact, my uncle had pet turkeys when oh. I was a kid. Uh, they're ornery as fuck. <laughs> Don't wear red around them or they'll oh, kill you. Well. Yeah, they're just raptors. They're velociraptors. You'd have to walk all, all onto the back porch with a, with a broom to defend yourself. <laughs> they're... In case you decided to spur you. Used to get, I don't know if yeah. they're still around, but I remember there used to be a lot more of them. We used to have wild turkeys in this area. And oh, uh, nice. I've gotten into a couple of scraps with some flocks of wild turkeys. Man, They'll fuck they you will. up. It's the spurs. They they, they rear yeah. back and fucking yeah. get you. They're just tiny uh, little dinosaurs I, with feathers. All dinosaurs had feathers. Um, I remember I was, you know, the very short story. I was, uh, when I lived in West Philly, I was riding the trolley to get into work and we were stopped and I was like, what the fuck are we stopped for? And I look out the window and it's just a bunch of septa workers trying to catch a turkey because it's like stuck <laughs> oh in the tunnel. Oh my God. <laughs> that's probably I was like, what a shitty day to be, a- every day is a shitty day to be a septa worker, but that's like particularly yeah, that's worse. A, uh, that's, a, that's just a real crap day. <laughs> you do not get paid enough for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely turkeys. not. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. So that's comics. That a big week. What a week. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Last Week's Comics. Um, also consider giving us some money by going to duelinggenre.com/support and joining our Patreon. There's a lot of super exciting stuff on the horizon for our Patreon listeners. You want to get in on that sooner than later. A lot of cool, exciting stuff. A lot of uh, exclusive content coming your way. So stay tuned for all that jazz. Uh, please support your local comic shop any way you can. Like Casey said, uh, it's local comic shop day. Get out there if you can. Support them. Just give them a call. I mean, who knows? They're just, they're probably dying to hear from you. So, um, yeah, get out there. Enjoy some comic books. And we'll see you next week. For myself, Casey, Sean, and RJ, this is Tales from the Short Box. Goodbye, everybody.